Hot Girl Scummer. This is the Scum and Sneak Fantasy Football Show about the LV Dynasty Fantasy Football League that we are all in. Sneak, it's finally the last week of July. I've been waiting for this kind of marker, been waiting for us to wrap up our rankings. It's just a fun time getting ready for the season to start. I think we've got a Hall of Fame game coming up even too. Holy smokes, the Hall of Fame. It? It's got to be next weekend? I think so. Something Jeez, like that. Man. Yeah, the end of July, the uh, last week of the position ranks, we're hitting wide receiver today. That's going to be a huge one. Man, just, uh, yeah, end of July, getting into August, preseason. I think everyone is reported to training camp now, or at least it's going to happen this week. It really finally is feeling like football. And, uh, yeah, man, I don't know what I was going to say. We're all excited. I think the whole league is excited. We're ready to get going. I know there's been some chats going on about some of the new changes from last week's episode. I don't know if we're going to get into that or not. <laughs> let's, just, let's just remind everyone what's going on. The keeper deadline, so 18 keepers this year, is on this coming Sunday, August 1st. So submit your 15 keepers in the app. Three to our, our commissioner, Brandon. And then... That following morning on Monday, we will start the slow draft. The first three rounds, which is predominantly made up of like six guys in the league. So that'll be yeah. fun to, to watch them basically stock up for their future. But I'm excited. I'm excited to try and wheel and deal or if anything, just see you know who goes off the board and kind of start projecting how they're going to do this year. We're, we're going to start getting into that, obviously, once that draft period is done once we kind of know what final rosters are looking like so all goes into saying you know we're ready to start our dynasty season for our league i'm sure a lot of people out there have maybe already done this but i think that we'll start to see a lot of people start to crawl out of their their fantasy holes start to crawl out of the caves and step into the light and be ready to look at their teams prep for drafts it's going to be it's going to be super fun do you have any uh, picks in the slow draft? I do. I have two seconds so far. That'll be fun. So far. Huh? So far. That is the key huh? word. So far. You all, you listeners out there, let's get some trades going. It is trade season. As always, scum is open for business. Scum on in. <laughs> scum on in. <laughs> well, Sneak, you, uh, we both alluded to it. We're going to do wide receiver ranks today. But before we get into that, we're going to have to do a nonsense minute. All right. And in honor of the draft coming next week, I figured we'd do our own little draft. Okay. But it'll be a yeah. food draft. Food draft. So we'll do a quick one, like three rounds. But I'm going to let you decide. Do you want to draft breakfast foods, lunch foods, snacks, dinner foods, or desserts? Or wild card? You tell me. Uh, let's do dinner foods. Ooh, okay. So three rounds, we'll snake it, and we'll just try to come up with the best dinner team. You know, it doesn't have to be like a, a three-course meal. You just kind of put together the best dinner options. Yeah. Like this one's maybe one of the tougher ones, so I will give you the first pick. All right, first pick is going to be barbecue chicken. Ooh, Going with a classic. That's a classic sneak dinner. I eat at, I eat it about five <laughs> days a week. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna try to pander to the crowd here because we're gonna uh, I should mention it, but we're gonna have everyone vote on the best team. So my first pick is going to be pizza. And then coming back around to start the second round, let's do ah, this is just uh this is just a scum favorite. We're going pot roast, another classic. All right. So for my second pick, I'm gonna go with shepherd's pie. Ooh. Now that gives you a whole bunch. You got ground tur or ground beef, mashed potatoes. You can throw whatever veggies you need in there. Layer it with some melted cheese. You're getting a lot of different yeah. food group and items in that dinner, and it just fills me up. That's a good one. Dang, shouldn't let that one slip. And then your last pick. Hmm. I'm just gonna. Uh, I'm just gonna go with the classic cheeseburger. Dang, ooh, that was going to be my other pick. I mean, these are food. I eat these foods like constantly. So no major um, food. I don't have the greatest of exotic palates over here. So I'm just kind of eating your basics, but I make them exquisitely. So they are just above and beyond delicious. The basics and the go-tos kind of have to be these early picks, right? Like we could maybe get exotic in the later rounds if we went farther, but Honestly, that's such a good point. You got to get your solid picks up front. You don't want to take too many risks. Man, just like you're doing your fantasy draft. Exactly. Let me round it out. Oh, I don't – you had two good picks. I feel like I'm going to falter here. Oh, I got it. We're going fried chicken. Fried chicken. Another classic. I mean, you can get it good in a lot of ways. So I went with some pretty fatty things. My team is – Pizza, pot roast, and fried chicken. Okay. And your team was barbecue chicken, shepherd's pie, and cheeseburger. Both good teams. I mean, you know. Those are great teams. Those are really great teams. Hit us up with your dinner, food, drafts, your first, uh, what do we get, three picks, three rounds? Yep. Let us know. Let us know who won that one. I'm interested to see what the people think and what they lean towards if i know i like, I, I like golf, yours I'm better going to say all of our picks are horrible <laughs> and we don't know what we're talking about <laughs> probably but that's what we're here for Shnik, i think we should just then get right into the wide receivers i think um, we have to i think we have to just jump in a lot of big names to talk about it's the scummer of rank Wide receivers. I think, too, we'll probably have a lot of crossover, but there is – I find this to be the deepest position group in fantasy, right? Like, there's a lot of good receivers. There's a lot of guys who definitely have a, a case to be made to be in the top 12, and we probably could have gone a little farther down in our ranks and still talked about a lot of viable guys, right? But – we're going to stay consistent, go to the top 12. But I mean, I'm sure a lot of names too will just come up in our conversation and we'll go from there. Yeah. My biggest um, difficulty I had was like just the numbers where to put them. I feel like everyone in my top is deserving, but it was like, what numbers do I rank them at? Where are they supposed to sit? Yeah, for sure. I get that too. Something that I did not do in either of the previous three episodes 
was talk about let's talk about who finished in the top 12 last year but let's just do that now might as well end on a high note right mm-hmm. so in 2020 the top 12 receivers were Devonte adams tyreek hill stefan diggs calvin ridley deandre hopkins dustin jefferson dk metcalf tyler lockett Allen robinson adam thielen mike evans and then aj brown I don't think any of those names are surprising from what we saw last year, but I think someone, I think some people would say that Tyler Lockett is surprising that top 12, but I've been saying for years that dude is good. And Russell Wilson loves him. Yep. No arguments there. The, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about him, I think, but there's, there definitely is a, a public perception that's, that's lower on Tyler Lockett than what he, is probably like skill wise and fantasy wise. So that's interesting to, to think about. But without further ado, let's just get into our rankings. Shanique, why don't you go first? All right. Number 12, DeAndre Hopkins. Ooh. Yeah. Number 11, Justin Jefferson. 10, CeeDee Lamb. 9, Calvin Ridley. 8, AJ Brown. 7, Keenan Allen. Six, Allen Robinson. Five, Stefan Diggs. Four, DK Metcalf. Three, Amari Cooper. Mm. And number two, Tyreek Hill. Number one, Devontae Adams. No switch up there for me from last year. All right. Well, definitely some differences in our rankings. You're gonna you're gonna get a kick out of this one. Number 12. Chris Godwin, <laughs> number 11, Julio Jones. Okay, yes, I see a trend here. Number 10, A.J. Brown. Number 9, Allen Robinson. Number 8, Justin Jefferson. 7, Keenan Allen. 6, D.K. Metcalf. 5, DeAndre Hopkins. 4, Stefan Diggs. 3, Devontae Adams. Ooh, nice. 2, Tyreek Hill, and number one, Calvin Ridley. Dude, no. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, dude. There is no way Ridley finishes number one receiver. You want to just start with Ridley then? Since mm-hmm. we're All right. Here's my argument for him. He was number four last year, so he's already in that top five range, right? Yes. We know that he – consistently is a high touchdown score like he averages nine um in his three seasons so far all right that's a really good point so I, that's a, I knew i knew the i knew that but i guess i didn't know the number behind that it's always seems like he's scoring touchdowns but averaging nine for his three or four years that's that is really yeah that's a good baseline that's a good start a good number and then i just firmly believe that he will lead the league in targets this year now, again, this is barring health, which he has not played a full season since his rookie year. Yeah. So I could definitely see this not happening just because he misses two to three games. But in my opinion, if he leads the league in targets, that will – he'll just continue his, you know, crazy yardage, high reception totals, and that leads to more touchdowns. Could see a little spike this year, and I just – I'm all in on Calvin Ridley, and I'm biased, and I don't care who knows it. Yeah, you got to be all in on Calvin Ridley with Julio leaving. He's on your squad. He's been really good. 
And at the number four spot from last year, uh, the touchdown thing surprises me. Didn't know that. I saw, I think he had 1,300 yards last year. I put him here, what, I have him at nine. Yeah. So definitely still a top 10. I think there's going to be a little bit more of a wake-up call for him with Julio gone, even though he still performs well when Julio's been hurt. I think it's just a different thing with him just not there now at all. I think a lot of game planning with the Falcons has always been, obviously, for Ridley and Julio. And in the past, probably a little bit more Julio than Ridley. And I feel like Ridley's just going to have a – there's going to be – it's going to be a little bit harder than what I think people think for him to put up the numbers, even though he's going to be the main guy. He's going to get tons of targets. I just have this weird – sometimes you just have weird feelings in the back of your brain about things, and there's something that's firing off and telling me that Ridley's not going to benefit as – greatly and as well as people think with Julio gone like all the things you said could very well be true I just don't know if that's going to translate into the the fantasy points to be the number one guy top five sure but I have him at nine I think there's going from the where I'm coming from I think there's gonna be more of a drop there and if you you know if as the way you're talking with this Pitts guy going to be coming you know if he's going to be taking a, even three quarters of the Julio targets and work, and I don't know if Russell Gage is considered a number two or not, or what that offense, you know, I don't know. I just have this weird feeling about Ridley, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I would be naive to not acknowledge all of what you said. Like the Julio thing can be a benefit, or it can be um, something that hurts him. Like we saw it with um, Juju Smith-Schuster, right? When Antonio Brown left, everyone still expected uh, good things for Juju, expected his targets to be up, and when defenses could focus on him a little more, he didn't produce as much. So that's that's in the cards. Matt Ryan will also be another year older. So if he does start to drop off at all, that's that's not good for the chances of Calvin Ridley being the number one. But uh, I called it – you called it at nine – probably splitting the difference between those is the most accurate picture of what we'll see from Calvin Ridley. So I don't know. I just gotta, just gotta hope for my guy. Number one, overall. I hear you. You gotta, you gotta put the confidence in your guys. Speaking of uh, too much confidence in my guys, let's drop down to the bottom of my list and talk about Chris Godwin. Question for you. Did he or any of the Bucks receivers make any kind of uh consideration for your list they did i had a very difficult time trying to determine if i should put any of them in the top 12 i was struggling with evans godwin yeah i don't know i guess it comes down to is i don't know in any given week what's going to happen you can't at least at least with these guys that i got in here right now in my opinion they're at least the number one or in case of really I guess CD is my only one in there that would be a second option, but I just firmly believe the Cowboys are going to have a crazy offense. So yeah, I struggled with if I should if I should put a Bucks receiver in there. I was leaning Evans just because Evan, you know, I guess history tells me you know Evans is going to be the number one there. But the way that they got, and then not even talking about Antonio Brown, I, obviously he's not going to be a top twelve, but coming back, I think those all three of those receivers are going to be really good. I just don't see one of them 
separating themselves from the pack to be able to uh, crack into a top 12 ranking. So at the end of the day, I decided to just to leave them all out, assuming they're all going to be great. And between that, in you know that that 15 to 20 ranking could easily be three bucks receivers possibly. Yeah. No. If if that offense does exactly what it did last year, you know, I think that could be a thing. Definitely Godwin and Evans, I think, will be in that top 20. I just didn't feel like I could put them in the 12 because I was just struggling with that whole like thought process of who's going to be the guy. Does it does it matter if there is a one A or a one B? Are they, you know, maybe I'm you know eating my words in in two months and they're both on pace to be top 12s. You never know, but for now. I've got them out. Yeah, no, that's definitely uh, a mark against having either of them, Mike Evans or Chris Godwin, in the, in the top 12, right? Like, there's they're equally kind of deserving of a lot of attention from Tom Brady, from the different defenses they'll face. So, yeah, there's probably going to be a lot of back and forth kind of switching weeks, right? But Mike Evans got into the top 12 last year. Chris Godwin did miss games, so I think that maybe played into it. But was he hurt last year? I was wondering. I think his ranking was. I was like kind of surprised on what his 2020 ranking was. I guess he missed games. I didn't even realize. Yeah, he missed games. I can look at exactly how many really quick. But looking at the average points between Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, they were like exactly the same. Okay. Yeah, he was number 16 last year. I guess that's not. I mean, that's what I'm calling for it again this year. And it looks like he missed three, four, four games. Yeah. Missed four, four games. He got hurt in, yeah, in one a couple of that way or yeah. something. So maybe four and a half games. So yeah. you put those back in, he's probably top 12, but again, that's not what I got. <laughs> right. And I just think that, so we saw it last year, the Vikings had two receivers in, in the top 12 and the Seahawks did as well. So, uh-huh. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks and like to your point, the Cowboys were one of those offenses. I have an offense with two two receivers in the top 12 that we'll talk about. But that that can happen and it does pretty often. So even if if it's Godwin and Evans not in the both in the top 12, if they're like 12 and 14, you know, 12 and 15, like that's something I could see definitely. So I kind of hedged. I picked my guy, Chris Godwin B12, but you know. I like your your stance that him and Evans are strong top 20, like easily, but maybe not reaching up to those top levels just because they're both on the same team. Did you say the Vikings had two top – was Thielen a top 12 last year? Yeah, he was number 10. Oh, smoke. What the heck? That was off the back of like 13 touchdowns or something, so. Jeez Louise. Kirk Cousins over here just having himself an amazing year or what? <laughs> right, exactly. That, that's the thing, too. If we, if Kirk Cousins can sustain two receivers in the top 12, Tom Brady definitely can in that offense, right? Yeah, Brady definitely can. Dak for sure can. Yep. Um, yeah, dang. Let's talk about your number 12 guy because uh, I was visibly, audibly surprised that you had DeAndre Hopkins at 12. Mm-hmm. I had him at five. So, Tell me why you're down on him this year. I don't know. Sounds like he might be retiring. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. I did not factor that in. Good head. I don't know. Maybe his head's not all there this year. Maybe he's getting into his feelings a little bit, getting all worried about all that stuff. So 
I've, I had to drop him down on my board. Yeah. I don't have all the faith in the world in Kyler Murray, even though I ranked him in like my top six or whatever. I guess I don't really have much justification other than maybe he's his his mind is wandering and his his, his love for the game is waning a little bit. I think he only had six touchdowns last year. I don't think – and now I'm not even looking right now, and you can totally correct me, and all of our viewers, please correct me as well. Has DeAndre Hopkins ever really been known for his touchdowns? I don't think so. I mean, he he's always playing with rough quarterbacks, right? So I don't think they were really touchdown dependent all his years of being good. He might have had a couple that were really high. I'll double-check right now. So Okay, now he's got – He's got three double-digit touchdown seasons, but in all the other ones, he never scored more than seven. So it's a little up and down depending on, you know, the offenses and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's my really only reason why I got him down there because I saw that he was contemplating the retirement. I don't think he's necessarily the touchdown receiver, and I don't see him repeating – I don't know what did he do last year. Thirteen, almost fourteen hundred yards, one hundred eleven catches. I think those catches dropped down to double digits, and that will bring him into still top twelve. But he's on that he's on that downturn, in my opinion. Sure, and you could argue that the Cardinals added a couple weapons. I mean, nothing like that should majorly detract from DeAndre Hopkins getting targeted, but maybe uh, a third down, uh, third down pass goes to AJ Green instead of. Andrew Hopkins, I mean, I don't know. Pro- probably not, just so everyone doesn't – don't hear me saying that A.J. Green is going to have a major role at the expense yeah. of Andrew Hopkins. I'm just saying there's there's a couple chances here and there where it could happen. So Yeah, and the whole Tyler Murray inside the red zone wanting to run all the time always scares me with the supporting uh, players like receivers and running backs. Like once you get down the red zone, it's a, it's a 50% chance Murray's going to go out there and try to scramble and run and run and run. So that can eliminate a lot of options uh, and potential for touchdowns for your receiver in the red zone. Yeah, definitely. I know what I'm talking about, people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm eating my fruits next. Get them. Let's. Uh, I kind of want to stick with what we talked about with the teams that have two receivers in the top 12, potentially. I had two Titans in my top 12, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. Yeah. You had C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper. So let's talk about those kind of groups, I guess, together. Let's do Dallas first. And I'll, I will say that I did consider both Amari and C.D. in my top 12. And in in one of my lists, I had C.D. at 11 instead of Julio. But I didn't do it. So you had C.D. at what again? Like 10? I have him at 10. And then Amari at 3. At- which I love my, my ding on Amari was just the, the recent news that, well, he's on the, he's on the PUP just for camp. Oh, he is? Yeah. That, that doesn't What's necessarily up? mean he's going to be on <laughs> oh, it for, for the season, but he's like recovering from an ankle surgery or something, I think. So oh, son of a gun. I mean, I think he's going to play at the start of the season and he'll be good. I just, you know, had that little, little thing where I had a little doubt. But if that happens, that's what really vaulted CD into my consideration for top 12. Um, I feel like I'm talking a lot here. So, 
Yeah. Not, not, not considering the uh, injury stuff for Amari. You had him at three. Is that just because he's the number one? He's the number high? one. Yep. Dak is back. Dallas offense is going to be absolutely insanely amazingly good. I think Amari bounces back to being that number one target go-to guy. Of course, uh, I guess barring any of this issues with the ankle, if he can get back to full strength, I think he's going to be just humming out there. And I expect huge things from him to reassert himself as a top dog in the league. The number three ranked spot, no doubt in my mind that I guess, <laughs> well, now I keep thinking about this thing, thing injury thing, but at that, that aside, yeah. he's going to just have a banner year. I'm excited. Obviously I'm so hyped up on that whole offense. And then I got CD at number 10. He's the clear number two, every video and workout just looks like the guy is just going to be something extremely special. I love that. I got him in the friends league, but that offense can sustain a lot of top, top talent. And I'm excited to see that come to fruition. I called it out last year that all three of the receivers were going to be a thousand yards and 10 touchdown guys that got hurt. That didn't happen. I love, I love Gallup, but it, this is clearly CD is at the number two. Yeah. And Amari is just so good, such a good route runner. Him and Dak have such a good rapport. I'm so, I'm just, I don't really know what else to say other than I just, I have so much confidence in this offense that it's that them falling short is going to be just a huge shocker to a lot of the fantasy world, but I'm putting all my faith and confidence that both of them are going to be top, top 12 and Amari is going to be up there in top three is going to be absolutely amazing. Good for big T. Honestly, now that we're talking about it too, I, I definitely should have at least one of the Cowboys, if not both in the top 12, like we're saying, because I, I probably have a little bit less belief in the Cowboys offense than you, but I'm, I, do have a lot of confidence in it. We talked about it in the quarterback episode with Dak. So, I mean, I, I agree with you. I just didn't put them on my list. I got nothing bad to say about them aside from, you know, Amari might miss some time. But, again, that just means CD and Gallup are going to be great for those games that he does miss. And then he'll come back in and be great like he always does. He always misses games, Amari does, comes back and is just fine. Yeah, that is that is true. That is true. Let's talk about then the Titans guys that I had. So uh, you did have A.J. Brown on your list. I had him at 10, ranked above Julio, of course. I, I do think that he will be the the one, A, maybe one, maybe just the clear one on the team. Um, we know that he's just got big play upside all the time. He's the favorite target of Ryan Tannehill. You know, we know Julio's great, but he's new to the team, so. Talk to me about A.J. Brown and why you had him a clear top 12. I mean, the guy's just a monster. Great hands, great route running, deceptively speedy. Mm -hmm. he's, he's been known to break big gainers and touchdowns. Tannehill, obviously, they've got a good connection. What is this, his third going into his third year? Receivers pop in their third year. He's already been popping. I'm excited about him being the, the next up and coming guy. Him and DK both came in the league together and they both have basically lived up to their hype. I think AJ Brown even more than DK. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I got him above Hopkins, Jefferson, CD and Ridley. 
I think mm -hmm. he just keeps making those leaps and bounds and those jumps. And I think the addition of Julio is not going to take away from him. It's uh, no, I don't think so. No. So yeah, I don't. I a no brainer to get AJ up there. Yeah. Middle of the pack. I'm into it. His role definitely is. I think is going to stay the same, but that 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 doesn't take away from my thought and belief that Julio can be the top 12 as well. I think that offense will just open up a little more. It's not going to be crazy. They're not going to be passing the ball all over the place, but that, that efficiency that we talked about with Ryan Tannehill on the quarterback episode, you talked about it with AJ Brown. He doesn't need a lot of receptions and targets to be in the top 12. He showed that last year. And I think Julio's the same. I mean, I, I do understand his age and he's new to the offense, but he's still one of the greats. I'm not ready to discount him, you know, barring any further lingering injury issues, which sure that might happen. But if he's healthy, plays a good number of games this season, like how do you, how do you leave him off your top 12? He's Julio Jones. I know he's I know. done it. He's done it with Roddy white in the past. He's done it with, and maybe they haven't both been top 12, him and Calvin Ridley, but, you know, he can, he'll get his. There's still a good number of targets to go around in that Titans offense with A.J. Brown there still. Uh, again, we, we've talked about it a lot, but Corey Davis is gone. John Smith is gone. What's his name? Adam Humphreys is gone. Not that he was a major part of the offense, but, you know, 30, 40 targets or something, I think. So there's, there's room there for Julio to be a major part of the offense, be a major contributor. And so I had him at 11. No, you got to You got to do it. I just, I, yeah, all you said about Julio, I mean, he's a, he's an institution in the receiver receiver world. He's like been wide receiver one for 10 plus years, just synonymous with the greats, but top 12 is not in his cards this year. Maybe top 25, top 20, top 22. I don't know. Not 12. There's too many young, good guys that are just leaps and bounds going to get way more points than him throughout the fantasy year. Not to say Hulu is not going to be good, but top 12, it's like, okay, I, I didn't feel like, I mean, I even had trying to figure out if I could try to sneak somebody else in here or who, but Julio's just on that downturn of the career going to still be good, but top 12. No. Young guys are dumb, bro. Julio's our age. We gotta, we gotta support him. <laughs> bro. Young guys are dumb. I'm totally with you. But I'm just, uh, you know, just trying to be a little realistic. All right, all right. Yes. I don't What's know. I guess I could have went Julio Jones. Who else is out there? That's uh, Can I get Calvin Johnson back in here? Honestly, I, I firmly believe Calvin Johnson could still be really, really productive in the NFL if he was playing. Completely no unrelated, out of this world, doesn't even need to be mentioned. You can even cut this if you want. I was looking at something the other day about like sports players whatever and uh andrew bynum is 33 what and he was i think he won a ring or two in that during those lakers times. yeah he did yeah he supposed to be good and then i don't know got hurt and turned into a psycho but he's like only 33 and he hasn't been in the leagues for like eight years yeah it feels like forever so just that's what i'm talking about with like guys and ages it's like oh Julio jones is old he's like yeah he's 31 <laughs> like or however old he is, he's like, he's younger than us. And he's been a professional 
athlete his entire career. Why wouldn't he be good? He's going to be good. He's not going to be top 12, though. Come on, Charlie. As we all know, early 30s is your prime. Julio's probably taking pre-workout and drinking protein. He's he's ready. (laughs) (laughs) Getting that resurgence. Well, let's take a break here, and then we'll get into the rest of the list. We'll probably move into some younger guys, even though they're dumb. Yeah. But let's hear a word from our sponsor. Rookie drafts, dynasty slow drafts, best ball, auction, regular redraft. It's all coming up. And for all that, what do you need to succeed? It's Juge Plus. Now, of course, you've all heard about it before, but did you know that we're running a special promotion right now for draft season? So if you are a new sub to Juge Plus, or if you recommend and get someone to sub, we will offer you a personalized draft review, personalized mock, personalized rankings, whatever you need to succeed in your league based on your scoring settings, based on your existing rosters, whatever it is, we're doing specialized sessions for you, for Juge Plus, for new subs or sub referrals. Again, dominate your drafts coming up with Juge Plus. All right, Sneak, we're back. Thank you, as always, to Juge Plus for being a sponsor. Always. Do you want to stay talking about some old guys, older guys, or do you want to go to some youngins? How do you want to flip back and forth? Man, don't matter to me. I'm just eating some Cheez-Its. Let's, let's stay with our, with our people here, with our, our age bracket. I want some Cheez-Its now, though. Let's start off the second half with both of our former guy, my love, Keenan Allen. Ah, yes. I have him number seven. He's so good. You have him where again? Uh, Freaking eight. So I have him seven. You have him eight. I have him at one, two, three, four, five, six. I don't know. Eight, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, he he finished a little bit below that last year, but there was one or two games of injury, right? And then there was – Yeah, he freaking – Limped to the finish line last year for me. I was absolutely furious. But he's a consistent producer. He's in our our beloved Justin Herbert-led offense. And he should be up there amongst the league leaders in receptions. So that recipe, I think, in my opinion, means a, a solid top 12, you know, regardless of, of touchdowns, really, unless some other people just have these crazy totals. Uh, and it happens a lot. Yeah, for sure. Definitely agree there. I just think Keenan Allen and Herbert got something special brewing there in San Diego. And, uh, wait, they're not in San Diego anymore. <laughs> we anyway. wish they were. But, yeah, no, so I – Target and, receptions are just going to be through the roof, which is going to lend itself to be a top 12 or in it. Thousand yards, six to eight touchdowns, easy. Yeah, you can basically book that every year. And they, there's, he's the number one target, like easily. Eckler will get his. Mike Williams is up and down, but he's more of a big play guy. He's not going to be heavily targeted. And there's still question marks at the third receiver spot, at the tight end spot. Um, you know, a couple of 
second year guys and, and a rookie coming in to compete for that third spot. So I wouldn't expect them to really eat into Keenan Allen's work there. We've talked about Jared Cook, who will likely just be a red zone threat. And then yep. other than that, not much else there. You know, Hunter Henry's gone. So it should be the Keenan Allen show with some Eckler mixed in. And that's that's basically going to be it. Maybe a couple bombs to Mike Williams. But that offense is pretty easy to predict, which, again, is just good for fantasy and good for us to know where, where Keenan Allen's going to slot in. Yeah, I can't argue with any of those points. It's a very easy offense to predict. Uh, for fantasy points, and that's what you want. You want that solid, consistent, know what you're getting into. I knew what I was getting into because the one year I had Keenan Allen, and he gave me exactly what I thought he was going to give me, and I was extremely happy with it. Any Keenan Allen owners out there, I know Ernie's got him now. If he makes a move and then anyone else listening, if you got Keenan Allen in a dynasty league, just know that he's going to be Herbert's guy for at least the next three to four uh, you can book it every year, solid campaigns. Like you said, Mike Williams is a deep threat guy, not the underneath, move the chains, target receptions. And Keenan Allen in the red zone, I think, is a huge red zone target. He's got silky smooth route running ability, getting off the line, just uh, making nice cuts, and he can he catches everything. He doesn't ever make any drops. So, yeah, I mean, he's, he's that, there you have it. <laughs> Eric, give him back. I think you can get him. I think you can get him from Ernie if you really put oh, in the work. Oh, try to make oh I've tried. Happen. Oh, I've tried. <laughs> Not happening. But there's still hope. Uh, let's talk about a guy who I think is in a similar situation to Keenan Allen, and that's Allen Robinson, the prohibitive, prohibitive number one on his team. You know, Darnell Mooney, who we, who we really like, is – is more of a big play guy in that Mike Williams mold, maybe a, a young up and comer at tight end Cole Komet, but it should be the Allen Robinson show. And there's the hope of Justin Fields starting really soon, which should only help him build on an already top 10 season that he had last year with shoddy quarterback play. Yeah. Justin Fields is going to be the starter week two after they get trounced by the Rams. I've already been carping on that one. It's going to be a bloodbath for Dalton that week one. But Allen Robinson does remind me a lot of Keelan Allen. Got all the same, the same body type, same skill set, same reliability. If Andy Dalton doesn't get pulled after week one for some ungodly reason and plays four, five, six games, I could see Allen Robinson really not making this top 12. That's where I kind of struggled. If Justin Fields comes in there after week one and just is the guy, Allen Robinson is going to have a banner year. It's going to be really good. If the Bears are weird and don't play fields until halfway through the year, until they've lost like five in a row or whatever, something dumb, then Allen Robinson is not going to be top 12. I mean, I think even if Andy Dalton does play like six to eight games, Robinson still is good enough. And we know that Andy Dalton, he's not, he's not great, but he knows what he's doing. He knows where to get the ball. You know, he's sustained AJ Green for all those years. Like he's got a top target. He can, kind of focus on them and make sure that they get theirs. So I wouldn't <clears> have <throat> too much fear. You know, maybe the production is a little bit lower, but again, he still should be the guy and should see enough work for the bears to, to eke in there. You know, I have him at nine, you had him like six. Is that right? Yeah. So maybe, maybe that drop-off is what you're talking about, like six to nine, if we don't see a lot of fields or if it takes a little while for him. 
to get up to speed, but I, he's still pretty safe, I would say. Gotcha. No, I, I, I guess from where I'm at with Fields, he's at six. If he only gets Fields for 12 games, maybe he's down to the nine ten. But I'm, I don't have any confidence in Andy Dalton. He's going. Andy Dalton is not the Andy Dalton of the Cincinnati AJ Green days. So there, there, that's what I believe. I mean, he, uh, he missed a lot of games last year too, but after Dak went out, he still helped Amari be like top 14. So it's, as long as he has a good wide receiver, I think he can get the ball to that guy. Now, are they going to score a lot of touchdowns? Probably not. Are they going to win a lot of games with Andy Dalton? Probably not. But fantasy, I think, I think it's okay. All right. I mean, let, we both want Justin Fields to start. I'm not saying I, I'm rooting for Andy Dalton to go. I just think he doesn't really change the outlook on Allen Robinson that much. We can only hope. <laughs> uh, all right, well, we have to start talking about some young, dumb guys. So let's do DK. DK, the, the specimen, the, the freak of nature-looking guy. What did he finish last year? He finished at seven last year. Hmm. So I got him at four. Very doable. If he can fix some of those drops, a little bit more consistent. Why can't he be number four? Not offense, Russell Wilson. Lockett as a number two, taking some heat off of him. I love DK at number four here to surpass Diggs. Maybe even, maybe even challenge Amari for that number three, but probably not. Yeah, I had DK at six, and that's just I the top five from last year I kept intact and just switched the order a little bit. I just feel like that's like a, a pretty solid group. But DK I have is the very next guy. I think the thing that kind of holds him back a little bit is, like you said, the drops and that offense. Russell Wilson will split it a little bit um, between him and Lockett, and they've also added some more weapons. One in the draft, uh, Dwayne Eskridge, who, you know, he, came, he went to a small school. He's not going to take over a role from Lockett or DK, but they used a second rounder on him, so he's going to play, and Russell Wilson will finally <clears throat> open, right? They also yeah, added. Point. I didn't even think about Eskridge maybe maybe getting in there a little bit. And, and Gerald Everett, too, at tight end. Again, I don't think either of those guys is going to be, like, a major focus, but the argument keeping DK's ceiling a little bit lower is just that. And then, of course, we know Pete Carroll just wants to run, run, run the ball. Sometimes it's it's not going to happen, especially if Carson doesn't stay healthy. But play calling potentially, you know, holds him back. But, again, that's like – those are little things. And DK is just going to be a smash play. If he has, like, 15 touchdowns this year, not going to be surprised one bit just to see him like running all over the field, demolishing people. So True. I mean, that top four is definitely within reach. And I, I don't think I'm that far off saying he's top six either. So I think we're both really high on him. Yeah, really high on him. I don't expect much of a dropout between that four and seven spot. So I think if he can put it together and not get, not lose too much targets or anything to any of these other kind of guys that are there, that top four is, for him to take. Right, T? Right, T? Right, T?
Let's talk about, we kind of teased it earlier. We talked about Tyler Lockett being the guy who most people thought would drop off the top 12. And he did for us as well. Is that just because of what we talked about, like a DK Ascension and just his up and down play, even though he's really, really good? Uh, I didn't necessarily think about it being because he does tend to be a little up and down, a little roller coaster. But again, it just came down to these other guys are more deserving to be predicted as a top 12 receiver than Lockett. Yeah. All right. I think that's I think that's kind of where I went with this whole list, predicting on what their stats are going to look like this year. And as much as I love Lockett, as good as he was last year, I don't. I just thought that these guys that I have here are going to be a lot better case to be able to make that top twelve than he would. Sure. Yeah, I think we just do have to talk about him because he did it last year, so there has to be a reason he drops off, right? And we just like these other guys more a little bit. But again, like the, there's a top twelve, and really that like group kind of extends to like. 14, 16, even of guys that are right there. Uh, I haven't looked at it, but I'm sure the point differences are not that much between like 10 and 16. So kind of a group where Lockett could be 12 and he could be 14 and it's not that big of a difference. All right. How about the other young buck first on the scene last year for the Vikings, Justin Jefferson. He finished what four last year. He finished at six. Okay. I have him at eight. You had him at what nine? Uh, I have him at eleven. Eleven. Sorry. So yeah, we. Yeah, both- I think there's a major drop off from this year to to last year. Last year, rookie just exploded, unbelievable season. Yada yada yada. Definitely going to come down to earth on that one. Still top eleven. I have him as my eleven spot second yeah. year. Uh, still going to be very good, but he's not going to have the – he's not going to break the single-season receiver yards, whatever he did as a rookie thing or whatever. Like, that was just insane. Uh, I don't know. What was his touchdowns last year? You don't got that handy, do you? <laughs> I will pull it up right now. But, yeah, at the number 11, I mean, I think that's fair for a rookie that just has a major rookie season, just an un- unbelievable uh, first year out. I think it's – natural to say he's not going to repeat it but it's not like i'm dropping him down to number 20 or anything like that i i got him on the above the likes of hopkins uh so yeah so i think that he's going to remain a major part of that offense obviously yeah and he had seven touchdowns last year which is a good number but Thielen had 14 so we could see that kind of start to trend more towards justin jefferson uh, potentially. But yeah, I do agree that there will be a drop-off from last year just because last year was so good. It's going to be hard to repeat that. I mean, if he does, yeah, then... It's, just, it's so hard to repeat that. And if he does... He's he's uh, one of the... He's like the guy in the league at that point, you know. If yeah, if he, yeah, if he repeats another 1,500-yard, 1,600, 1,700-yard season, uh, what did, how many touchdowns did he have? Nine? Seven. Seven. If he gets up to double digits, it's like, okay... Who is this guy? He is the premier receiver if he does it again. So that's going to be – we're going to watch it closely. I know Hesse's going to and any other owners out there that got Jefferson that might be listening and, and wondering if we think or anyone thinks that he's going to be not as good as he was last year. We're calling that there's going to be a little bit of a regression. But if there isn't, then he might just be – he might just be not only the steal of some drafts, 
but the receiver going forward to really keep be worried about. Yeah. Let's talk about the guy that Justin Jefferson kind of replaced. Stefan Diggs was the wide receiver three last year. I have him at four. You have him at five. Five. Okay. So we both think he'll repeat that top five. Uh, I think this is a pretty easy one. I mean, he he was a, one of the target leaders last year. He's really good, just a a crazy route runner. You know, he's always open basically. Josh Allen loves him. They're gonna throw a lot, they're gonna score a lot. I mean and in terms of any of these, well, I guess you could make the case for a lot of them, but Diggs is Diggs is that receiving, he is above and beyond any number twos that the Bills have to even be considering, right? Like Yeah, for sure. I, I think I think I saw he had 100. 20 catches or something last year. Do you know what that is? Yeah, definitely over 100. Pull it up right now. But I don't think, and I think the only reason why I dropped him down a couple of spots is I don't think he repeats that. Yeah, he had 127 catches last year, which is which is a great number. I don't think he repeats that, but take 20 off of it, and he's still top five. I don't think yeah. he's much of a touchdown guy either last year. I think he only had six. He had eight. Okay. So I guess that's good. Six yeah. before. So, yeah, I mean, he's that – that's the range that you see a lot of, the, like, the good wide receivers is six to eight. You know, a good year is, like, ten plus. You know, it's not very common. So he'll be in that range again most likely. And if that pops up, then he's going to be the number one wide receiver. But – we have him in the top five, and that's pretty much like a lock, I would say, as long as he doesn't get hurt or Josh Allen doesn't get hurt. So let, we're getting towards the end here. Let's talk about Tyreek Hill, the number one wide receiver for sure on the Chiefs, the one, the co-number one target for sure, right? And just sure, yeah. another guy that's like, if he gets the ball, he might score. He's in 10, yeah, what, 10 he's plus, you know. Good. So fast, so skilled. That Chiefs offense, you know, Mahomes can get in the ball wherever, no problems. He can take a, he can take a behind the line lateral and 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 just take it to the house, basically. Like he's just that explosive and that dangerous. And even for his size, he can leap and get. He can he can jump ball with anybody. That's what I was gonna say. It's kind of crazy that he's he's kind of unstoppable in that way because. Yeah, he's faster than everyone, but he can also make those contested catches. Doesn't matter if if he's given up, you know, four or five inches on the guy. He, he his vertical is insane. I don't understand it a lot of times. Like I see him go up there, so high up in the air, he comes down really hard and then just pops back up. He's he's super impressive. Athleticism for some of these players that that don't strike you physically, like a DK or. AJ Brown. Yeah, and AJ Brown, you're like, okay, you got Tyreek Hill. Like, okay, just he got it all, and he's in a smaller pack package of a person. And but yeah, dude, I mean, what he had like 17 touchdowns last year. Like, even if he gets 12 this year, he's going to be top two probably. Mm -hmm. So he can lose five touchdowns this year and still be 
top two, easily top three. I got him at, you know, I, I ranked Devontae and Tyreek how they finished last year. The only reason why Devontae is at the number one because of the news of Rodgers now. Yeah. I would have maybe considered Devontae down the list or if it would have still been a crazy, uh, not, not necessarily crazy, but if there would have still been a confusion around if Rodgers is going to be around, then maybe Devontae might not have made the list. Like we didn't even put Rodgers on our QB list. Yeah, let's start talking about that because I was going to say the same exact thing a couple weeks ago. Devonte would probably would have been a lot lower on our list. I'm sure. I, I think I would have kept him on the list in the top 12. If, if we thought Jordan love was the quarterback, don't exactly know where, but definitely lower than well, I have him at three, but I, I agree with you that it's him and it's Tyreek Hill that are the guaranteed like top three. Like, I, I don't think there's any question that you would put them there um, as long as they're healthy. So now that we know Rodgers is back, I don't disagree with your number one ranking at all. He's a contender for the lead league in receiving touchdowns yet again. And another guy that's just wide open all the time because he releases off the line, just cornerbacks don't know what to do with him. And I think that now we're seeing this like narrative of, well, he and Aaron Rodgers posted that um, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen thing. So it's like their last dance. They're going to leave after the season probably, but they want to go out with with a bang most likely, and we could see some crazy target and touchdown numbers between those two for sure. I think it would be fun to see that, to see something last dance, last time together, let's go out there and just ball, and they just put up insane numbers. I wouldn't have put Devontae on my list if Rodgers was in limbo or not there. He is not a, going to be a top 12 receiver with Jordan Love. I know you have a little more faith in Love, you would have probably still kept him somewhere in the top 12. I wouldn't. I would have said he's he's not – I mean, Devontae, don't, he's really good, but he needs to have a competent, good quarterback that is – and we don't know nothing about love. So I wouldn't have had him there. But with Rodgers, Devontae at number one, and I think it would be really fun to see them both just shatter records and go out there and just do crazy, crazy stats. So all of you Rodgers and Devontae owners, I know Brendan uh, – was he last week? Did he say he would trade, you know, on the keep trade cut? Was he going to trade Devonte? He said trade because he's coming off the number one finish. Yeah. I don't think he trades him now. I think Brendan goes all in on Devonte, keeping him there and T with Aaron Rodgers really bolsters that squad and maybe oh, yeah. uh, keeps T a little bit more excited thinking that he's going to have a, uh, you know, a solid quarterback and can retool over more of that to stay invested. In some of these, you know, he, he was now I don't get that old into tease plans. <laughs> <laughs> For the record, I don't have much faith in Jordan Love. I just think that if Devontae Adams is five yards open, Jordan Love can probably make that throw. So <laughs> yeah. Right. I would have had him there. But we don't have to think about that because Aaron Rodgers showed up to camp. Well, that's that's the wide receiver, Sneak. Yeah. Like, like we said at the top, it's um pretty consistent group you know i i know that it's a deep group so if someone like um like a mike evans like a robert woods or cooper cup if one of those guys makes it in the top 12 i don't think either of us is going to be surprised right no not at all but let's use that segue into the sneaky guys because even though there's a lot of candidates for who could jump up in there let's talk about who our kind of favorites are 
All right, you go first because I have a feeling I know who you're going to put here. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I'll I'll repeat it because I did say that CD or Amari should have been there. So I guess those would be my like actual picks. But who I have is Curtis Samuel. I like I like that answer. Is that who you had? Is that who you uh, No, but that's such a you pick, dude. <laughs> I'm on record as he has the potential to outscore Terry McLaurin. He was top 24 last year, so it's not that major of a jump. And if he gets a lot of catches and a lot of touchdowns, he's in the top 12. Jeez, that is such a you pick. No, that's not who I had for you. I thought for sure you were going to go Bobby Trees. Oh, well, I, I, I think that's like a, a problem. Like I had him on my cut line for sure. So you had him what? On the cut line, like oh, at 12, 13. Top 12. Yeah. Uh huh. So my sneaky guy is Cooper Cup. There he is. Because of this whole st- – I love Stafford there. Yeah. Uh, they just lost Cam Akers, even going to be probably throwing even more. I think Cup could have that sneaky potential to be the guy that Stafford really zones in on for the, you know, the third down, the first down throws, the move in the chains. Stafford is a red zone thrower. Uh, I just am, I'm, I got to go all in that, that Rams passing attack is going to be pretty stinking good. I have some pretty big faith in Stafford. So I got cup in there with my sneaky sneak. I like, I mean, I don't really like Cooper cup that much, but he's done it before. He's had a top four finish. I'm also a believer in Matthew Stafford and cup is a touchdown score. He's scores in a lot of ways in the red zone on, you know, long plays like he's done it before. So not a bad pick at all. He and Bobby Trees, like I said, we're, we're all in the consideration. There's there's a lot of guys. I keep saying it, but that's the truth. It is the truth. All right. Who you got for a rookie? Because before the show, you were pretty confident in a guy. And, uh, I mean, it's an obvious guy, but who is it? Uh, yeah, I got Jamar Chase as the rookie here. I thought that was – I think that's a pretty obvious pick for it to be the guy that come in here and show out and be very, very good, very early and become Burroughs. If not go to, I mean, yeah, I just think he's going to be really, really good. I, that Bengals offense is, they drafted him for a reason. They're going to get him out there. They're going to do major, major work together. So I thought that was a pretty obvious take. Mine might surprise you, and it is Tutu Atwell. Ah, no, it is not. <laughs> what are you doing? No, uh, the obvious pick is Jamar Chase, and I, I agree with you. But for just for conversation's sake, Devontae Smith I'm starting to warm up on. Again, not because I believe in, in Jalen Hurts as a passer necessarily, but looking at like the, the target share he could get, and just how good he's been historically in his college career, I could see him having like a a low kind of yardage, but high touchdown type season. Like if Hertz Hertz should still throw for like 20, right? That's not like that's nothing special for a quarterback. Like he should be able to do that. Right. But Ten of those could go to Devontae Smith and he could have a sneaky good rookie year. So just for the sake of being a little different, I'll say Devontae Smith. 
Yeah, and for the record, I am warming a hair to Devontae Smith too. I don't know why I am. I don't know if I've seen anything or read anything or what or researched anything. I just I am warming a little bit more to him as well. Just a hint. Yeah, just you know, it's not as not as bad as we maybe thought. But that's it. And that concludes the scummer of rankings. I'm kind of sad about that. Yeah, another another year in the books on the rank. I don't know. Did we do this last year? We did it in our top eight of eight. So we oh, kind of that's right. That's right. It. Yeah, no, it's a it was a great thing to do. We had to go through, you know, this is a fantasy football dynasty show, ranking out all this, all the players in the top 12 of each position. Uh, I think it's created some good conversations and some good hatred and some back and forth. Uh, maybe spurred some people's brains about trying to either make trades or reevaluate who they've got and how they're going to approach their seasons. But yeah, dude, super fun. Glad it's over in the sense that we are <laughs> just that much closer to the season, uh, but sad because it has been fun uh, and it's been a, an interesting exercise to try to see how we can uh, make our case for these guys. Should we just roll with uh, kickers and defenses? Should we just keep it going? <laughs> Yeah, let's do it. Harry Butt, Hot Rod. Let's do it. Let's do a kicker defense ranking real quick as part of next week's episode. Just like right, 40 we'll, minutes. We'll do a quick one for sure. Look out for that, guys. Yeah, keep your eyes open. That is very, very important. Even though, did Brandon make a comment that he's going to get rid of kickers at some point? I think he wants to, but I think that, that I just don't think we should do that. That's like an that's like an in vogue fantasy thing because they're oh. People say like they're kind of random, but like, no, that's part of the fun. That's part of the fun. You always got to have a kicker in defense out there. Question is, are you like Schneek and have you found your kicker? <laughs> are you like Schneek and have you found your kicker? If you haven't, tune in next week for the kicker rankings. Then you'll for sure find one. <laughs> that's going to be <laughs> after like four guys. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> who's, who's the Chargers kicker? He's a guy. <laughs> Oh, man. Yes. Super fun. All right. All right. Well, everyone, make sure you're looking at your keepers. Let's see some moves get done before the deadline. And good luck in the slow draft to basically Eric, Wade, Doug, and Ben. Yeah. Yep. Good luck, everybody. Thank you, as always. Bye. taking this break to pee. I'll be right back.